All right, Mr. Robot, Season 3, Episode 2, Undo. Lot, lot, lot of stuff packed into this episode. Everybody complained about Season 2 being super slow. Uh, I'm sure people are complaining about how fast this is going. It's going fast, and it feels like a different show, doesn't it? Yeah, it's a little weird. Is it throwing you? A little bit. Me too. Um, after watching last night's episode, like the first one we talked about, the premiere felt, oh, we're, we're in uh, Brave New World. This is awesome. Last night really reinforced that, and I was like, oh, I don't hate it. I'm not going to do that. But, man, it felt weird. So I'm thinking this is kind of like Rashomon, where you're getting to see outside of Elliot's head. We're not just stuck in Elliot's mind space. We're getting to see this world and Elliot's world and the hack from all these other characters' side of the fire in a slightly different way. And we're also getting to see elements of Elliot we haven't seen. So maybe that's why it's so jarring. I don't know. Any theories? I just, I have to wait and see. I mean, I'm not going to. You're not going to go, episode two, I got it all figured out. Yeah. I mean, I can't, I can't, I can't even begin to, to think where it's going to go. I'm a little bit um, confused right now. And I'll admit that. I think we're supposed to be confused, though. I mean, again, it's, we've got 10 episodes to hear what uh, Ismail's doing with this story in season three. And I'm cool with it. I'm cool. Um, I know that we start out with this eight minute long montage. Um, that is, it's got Elliot uncharacteristically, um, going to the space that I think makes us all go, what? Cause he did this before in, um, was it season two or season one when we had the montage where he's like, I'll like things on Instagram, you know, and I'll blah, blah, blah. I'll get a gym membership. And so he goes to this whole thing. Well, he does it with um, one and two. I remember like in one he does that. Like, mm-hmm. you know, I'll, was he carrying a lot? Did he have a Starbucks, was that he thing? Drink, was he Starbucks? And then he did that in the jail too. Remember when he was skipping? Yeah, right. Yeah. So his montages don't tend to work out. So do, you know, he's, he's now at evil corp. Angela's gotten him a job and he's starting to try to convince us and himself that evil corp is, is a necessary evil. And maybe we really need them, you know, and people make mistakes like making a fool out of yourself in front of your favorite crush or sending, you know, shit talking the boss and hitting reply all and, or bringing down, you know, Bringing civilization to its knees with one of the most crippling hacks in the universe. You know, it's like, so there's kind of this tongue-in-cheek that I'm going, okay, this is a little glib. And he kind of writes off, as he's watching the Evil Corps employee uh, training video, he writes this off as like, maybe calling them evil was just my dorm room uh, philosophizing running amok. And I'm like, what? You know, and he's signing up for a 401k. He's got an HMO with a good deductible. He's got a trunk club membership. He bought some new lamps. He's got a smart TV. He watches Dancing with the Stars. He doesn't seem to be annoyed by the the slimy bro sitting next to him, um, who make, makes Ollie look like somebody you want to hang out with. And then he's taking Zoloft. And it's like it's in hyperdrive. And it's, and I'm, and you know, I hope that Sam Esmail knows what he's doing with this. Um, 
because it kind of smacks a little bit. It's a little glib for me. I don't know. That's probably not the word that I'm should be applying to this. I appreciated this set to the NXS um, new sensation. Elliot one more time trying to be normal, trying to do the right thing, going, oh shit, you know, I'm my bad. I brought the world to its knees. Let me let me fix this with medication and consumerism and putting my best foot forward. So I'm sure there's something way, I mean, obviously the darker thing under this is that he's, he's basically mentally crumbling in upon himself. So I don't know. Oh, I, I don't know either. It's just, it's weird. We're seeing like, we're seeing, we're seeing people do things that we wouldn't expect them to do. That's, that's the way I feel about it. It's like, I, I did not feel, um, I just, I just have to watch it. I'm just, I'm so confused. Right. So let's just talk about what uh, actually happened in the episode, because we, it's not really about trying to project what's happening over the next, um, eight episodes. It's just talking about how we felt about this episode. So, um, one of the things that Elliot was well, several things that Elliot's trying to do at Evil Corp to um, prevent stage two and to tamp down the the first part of this hack is he's trying to convince the Evil Corp uh, tech team about their backup plan and that it's flawed and shouldn't be using you know you shouldn't be taking all of these seventy four facilities and putting them in one place in paper documents. By the way, that's just a dumb plan. And I think that's what the show kind of talks about is how all these people who are in charge of technology at these corporations are the last people who should be in charge of this shit at corporations. And that's why hackers are so successful. Um, so he does this whole setting, kind of going through the bureaucratic, the bureaucratic corporate chain, and he goes through like two or three tools, and finally a woman here's his laid out plan of like, don't send all this stuff to one place, digitally back them up. You're planning for a single point of failure if you do it this way. And he's trying to, you know, she listens and she's going to set him up with a meeting uh, with the, the vice president of tech, right? The other two tools uh, that get in his way, he hacks into them and gets them all arrested. And then as a side job at Evil Core, he's also getting all the scumbags um, nailed for, all of their indiscretions and, and reasoning with himself that, Hey, by the time, you know, I, I set this aright, you know, evil core or E core will, will employ mostly good people, which again, the things that he's doing and saying don't seem like the Elliot that we know. It's almost as if it's like, remember when price told Angela, well, the only thing way you not price Colby, is it Colby? Told Angela when he he, he offered her fix things is from, from the, inside. the inside. It's it's kind of like he's doing the same thing, but it's 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 not like. I mean, even you know, jumping forward, even Dom says he got a job at Eagle Corps, which I don't know why. I can't. Right. I, I don't know what his his play is. Well, I mean, I think it's just they're letting. I think Dark Army and everybody is just letting him. If, well, it, it perplexes Dom, but I think Dark Army and those guys are like, I, whatever he's doing, if he wants to play in traffic, because what I think is happening. Well, going to the point that Elliot says, 
I'm not selling out. I'm just growing up. Again, another error. I've never thought of him as an immature person. I never thought of him as a kid. I don't know what's going on in his brain, but Zoloft or whatever he's taking is not helping him out because what I think is actually happening, this goody two-shoes, squeaky clean guy in his brand new shirts every day is sitting there trying to do the white hat hacker thing. And then at night, he's up all night as robot undoing everything he did during the day this so so this is like an a a, a a manifestation of what uh mr robot is saying is we're being split into right he's, i mean he should be just no, going way to the far sides and he should know what i know right now so i think that's what we're actually feeling is yeah. the reason it feels so foreign and so strange to us is and it's like i don't like this bro is that elliot is not He's he's playing this role almost in his head, whereas Mr. Robot is like up all night in a bunker going, dude, what did you do today? Oh, you sent the records over here? Well, I'll just send them over here. I'll just undo this. And uh, and Mr. Robot is pissed because he's like, why did you put up this firewall between the two of us? It's just making it worse. And I think because Elliot is the host for Robot and he is the creator of Robot, you know, I think... We're headed for a really huge fall for Elliot. It's just that montage makes me very, very worried about Elliot. Um, because literally, he says he's sitting in the same place he was crying in season one, sitting by his dresser. Yeah. He's crying to Dances with the Stars, as we all, I, I'm sure if I ever watched that show, it would also make me cry it that will much. bring you to tears. Totally. So I... He says it's worse now. So I think Elliot created Robot as a coping device and or Robot showed up when he fell out of that window or was pushed. We'll get to that later. And literally split his mind in two. I think his what's going on with him and Robot are across several different things. It's not just dissociative identity disorder. I think there's something that goes to that day that he literally hit his head on the pavement and what led up to that, that emotional and physical uh, splintering. And you can't take one away. I, I think Elliot functions better when he has both his dark and his light side. Because without each other, Elliot is this idealistic sincere meddling he doesn't function very well he's not capable of really going past a certain point and then mr robot is as we see is just dark and menacing as fuck well didn't he didn't he realize that at the in in season two with the chess session yeah he was like i can't i mean yeah. i you know i we, we are, we're the same. We need to learn how to live together. And that's that's why I think I'm a little confused in season three. I thought we already yeah. hashed this out. I thought they made up in prison. They decided to to live in peace. And then it was like, okay, well, no. No, that actually is not going to work out for us. It's, you know, because everybody keeps telling Elliot, you know, you can't work with him. It's too dangerous. Um, and then it, I think he also looks around and, and he sees what's happened to the world and he feels very uh, responsible. I mean, this is a guy who seeks justice over the smallest things. So 
his guilt over this five nine hack is is crippling him to the point to where he's willing to sacrifice this relationship with literally a part of himself. Um, and I don't think it's very healthy. As we find out in the Krista session, um, the first Krista session that we see, and it could be all part of the same one, but he goes in and, and um, great performance by Rami uh, Malik as he's sitting there on the couch. And we see him kind of have this warm memory of him and Darlene creating Kevin uh, McAllister, their snowman, when they were kids, and how they were obsessed with Home Alone. And he's smiling about this memory, and Chris is smiling along with him. And then he just he just record scratches right up to the moment where, oh, yeah, you know, we didn't take a picture of the snowman because my dad pushed me out the window that day, and we couldn't get a picture of it because we were in the ER quite late. And this is very troubling to her because she's never heard this before. And he's like, I'm, I'm sure I told you. And she's like, no, you did not tell me this. Now, again, I'm getting confused because I thought we all – already worked this out as well at the end of season one or somewhere along the way did we not find out that it was an accident yeah exactly i th- i was under the impression and mr robot told him you fell it was accident fell. dude you like you threw yourself you threw, out yeah exactly we actually had a demonstration yeah. of it so I don't know why we're back at this but point. Then, but then we go back to the, uh, you know, the scene on the railing, mm-hmm. and then. Well, that's prior to the to the cemetery. So, yeah. You know, again, I'm sure it's just very obvious and, and whatever, and we're just we're maybe we're just exploring this again. But it's almost like it feels like they're introducing it for the first time. But I'm like, but we talked about this. I mean, I don't want to I don't want to beat it with a club, but it just. It seems strange. But what I did love about the um, this Krista session is a couple of things. We get to see that kind of, that warm uh, recalling of a memory. I think it was played well. And then we get to see this amazing scene in the Krista session where, well, it's kind of known on set that um, Rami does a hell of a Christian Slater impression. Like he just likes to Im- do his impression. And they finally were like, we've got to put this in the, the show and I thought we were going to get a full-on monologue of, um, of, of Ra- him. Rami doing the Rami whole thing. Rami doing Christian. And that's probably coming. But they gave us like the first two or three lines where well, he brings Mr. Robot through. And the shift and the shape is pretty cool. And you do get a little bit of his voice there. Yeah, they, they layer they layer They layer two Christian underneath there. But yeah, his uh, Christian was good too. It was That was a real cool device when they did that. And he's done it before when yeah. he was in the, the scene with Tyrell in the car. But this was... But they never layered the voice yeah. over... Like it was that. nice. But then you see, and, and of course, I called this one. I called it when I saw um, the previews for season three. I want my cookie. Cheater! I was like, uh, no, not a cheater. I guessed it rightly is what I'm saying is that um, uh, what was uh, I knew that as soon as Robot came through, he would totally hit on oh, Krista. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Totally. I just knew it was coming. It's like, and let's let's get to this fact real quick. What... Okay, so from what little we've seen of the real Edward Alderson, it's literally been two scenes. One where he's in the car telling his son that he's been very sick when I bought a business. Uh, three scenes. And then him covering his ass when he's a little kid for $20. Stealing the money. Yeah. And then him, um, you know, we sort of see him off to the side when Elliot's fallen through the window. You know, we've gotten brief glimpses of Edward Alderson. So I. It's strange that Elliot's perception of him is this 
swaggering, sexist, really offensive guy because what he says to Krista, I was like, what in the hell, man? Because we see him like reading the Playboy and talking about the the women at work, you know, and when he comes to Elliot's work and goes, this place is a shithole. But when he's like basically coming on very aggressively to Krista, like, have you ever done it with any of your clients, you know? You know, you're beautiful and blah, blah, blah. And then he uses, like, he uses the term coos and other terms that I'm like, what the fuck? This seems, again, I, there's a little bit of a swagger in Mr. Robot, but this Mr. Robot with Krista, I don't know. Yeah, we've never seen him be this go this far yeah so this is what i'm saying i think they're trying to show that with without elliot you know them being embedded into each other the way they have mr robot is he's he's really dark and scary not only not only is he talking like this way to krista he's putting his hands on angela he's grabbing angela and you know and pulling him to her and then he's throwing darlene up against you know the wall and getting in her face so this guy is very aggressive to the degree that Krista is clearly in over her head. She's thinking, oh, I can handle this troubled guy who sometimes tears a cro- you know, tears things apart and screams at me and whatever. And okay, he does hack a lot and whatever. And I, you know, she thinks she can handle it until she brings Mr. Robot out. And who doesn't, he's like, oh, is he still calling me that? He's not even going by that name, you know, but he's like, he takes control of that office, and when he leans over her and he goes, I am done talking to you, you can see the fear in her face. Yeah. And then when Elliot comes back, this soft Elliot, he's sitting on the couch like, hey, when are we going to start? Like this, he's, He is a little kid in that situation. It's, she, that, the, that dark, con, that stark contrast, she's like, what the fuck, son? Yeah, you can see, like the, the second time we watched it, I was watching, because we were, we were doing this profile shot of um krista and mr robot and he leans in and tells her that and you could just follow the way you know he she watches him get up mm-hmm. walk around and then sit back down right and then change and she's just like what the hell it's it's really eerie they're doing that a lot with uh not a lot they've done that in this this episode that I can uh, pick out at least twice where they just do it in one shot. Yeah, and it, it is it is very eerie to do it in one shot. You see the light change. But go, going back to, and I just thought of this, is that you mentioned Elliot's perception of his father. He has that, that same sort of very dark perception of his mother. It's true. Like, And we never meet Really, yeah. I mean, I feel but like she, she's I always still, grabbing him and I'll, beating him. I will and... always say this: I, I, there's got to be more coming with the mother because just making her the mother of color who you know put their cigarettes out on the kids and left her so one dimensional. Like, I think that's cheating out that character, and I'd like to see them revisit her and see how much of that is just perception and how much of that is reality. Um, so that's an interesting point. He seems to care for her. Yeah, that, I mean, he's like, I've got to go back to... Yeah, I'm going to go visit know, her I'm in gonna, the old yeah. folks' home, you know. I mean, he's not going to go and give her big hugs, but he's no. certainly... But going back to this, well, one thing I want to touch on before we get out of this uh, this scene with Krista is that, I mean, clearly, Elliot is sexually frustrated 
Um, I don't think he would take it to the point of Mr. Robot, but, you know, he had a girlfriend, got her killed. Uh, he kissed his sister. Oh, oops, sister. He kissed the woman that he thought was, you know, his childhood friend is now going to be like his forever lady, and she rejects him. Um, and that doesn't feel awesome. Could have broken his heart. I don't know. But I don't, I can't help but thinking this, this come on and this aggression with Krista is somehow him dealing with uh, a lot of that rejection and that I don't want to be touched as Elliot, but there's a part of me that certainly wants to be intimate with someone. You know what I mean? He, he lets Angela touch him just fine. He lets his sister hug him. I'll, I'll, you know, okay. He, he, there's people he can get close to. So I don't wonder if some of that's not coming out in that scene. Um, but I, I find that very unusual. Um, going to the next scene or one of the, not, it's not even a next scene. It's when, um, Darlene has summoned Elliot to their, their spot. Uh, in fact, to the spot where I think he, he kissed her. She, yeah, right don't there you on, remember? on Coney Island. On Coney right Island. There, That's the, their, their the spot. Pier. Yeah. And so they get together. And again, this scene, I think we'll maybe get a little more context later, but it, it's, it's the scene that you're going, what? All the way through it, where she summons him. He reluctantly comes because Angela has told him to stay away from her because, um, you know, Robot has said stay. She tells Robot to stay away from Darlene because, you know, she's no good for him. Elliot, for some reason, has chosen to stay away from her, and he says it's because she triggers him. Then she says, I'm leaving town. Then he says, remember that time we built Kevin McAllister? And she's like, or do you want to talk about that day? And they kind of get into this little bit of a thing when he calls her a trigger where she says, look, man, we had the same childhood, buddy. This didn't affect you any more than it affected me. Like, where do you get off, you know, making this more about you than me? Then she points out that she didn't spend that last year together with him doing this hack for the hack. She wanted to be closer to him. And this is when they're playing that song, uh, Renegades, in the background, about the two kids wanting to just run off and be free and, you know, living like renegades. And here's the irony of that. You know, they're not living like renegades at all. Um, and she, and then at the end of that, he asked her to stay with him. I want you to stay with me tonight. And she's like, look, you don't have to feel sorry for me. I'm good. And he's like, no, I don't want to be alone. I feel like they packed a lot in that scene that I would probably have to watch it two or three more times to finally get fully what they were saying. Because I'm like, you know, with this show, you have this degree of paranoia. Is he setting her up? Is she setting him up? Or is this just a sincere scene of all of these emotions between these two siblings? Is this, I mean, I thought, I mean, the second time watching, I was like, okay, let me see if there are any signs of this being Mr. Robot standing on that pier. Right. And I didn't. I think it was Elliot who invited her. And I think it's Elliot who's like, you know, Zoloft is not working. My smart TV isn't working. My trunk club is not working. I really need my my family. And I need my sister. And, of course, she's going to be conflicted by this. Because there's no way she could have known he was going to invite her. But she does use it to her advantage to, to use the USB device Um to put it into his computer. Well, I'm thinking it's like, okay. That's what throws me is what happens next. If that just had happened, 
just, you know, out of the blue. It's like, oh, they're having a moment. But now she takes, you know, there's this device that she plugs in that uses a modem that can grab your screen every 20, it's like 10 to 30 seconds. You get a screen grab and you can just see somebody's um, screen remotely. And she takes that to Dom at the safe house. And they're like, good job. But before she can get out of the house, before she can go and leave, Robot wakes up and catches her near the computer and is like blocking her way. This is the one shot that's interesting to see. This is all done in one shot where he's blocking her way out and going, what are you doing? And she's like, and I think he is robot right there. We just see him as Elliot and she doesn't recognize it yet. We don't switch to Christian Slater until she goes, it's you. Oh my God. That's who I'm dealing yeah, with. Yeah. Right after she, he grabs yeah. her and pushes but her up against But as soon as thing. he wakes up, he's robot. He's like, why are you over here by the computer? Mm-hmm. What are you doing here? Blah, 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 blah. You know, why are you in my house? Why did you stay over? He is robot from the time he wakes up. And that's what's so fucked up about the show. We, we don't have a visual clue. Like, oh, every time we see Christian Slater, that's robot. Sometimes when we see Rami Malik. We're looking at Mr. Robot as we've we've seen that in season two. Well, well, this is what what why I was saying was like I was looking for Mr. Robot on that pier. Yeah, yeah. And You're. I thought it wasn't, you know, it wasn't. But see, this is why I'm not sure is because when he's sitting there with Krista and he says she's compromised, he didn't even see that she's compromised. Um. So Robot knows that Darlene is compromised. Sure. I'm. That's why I was thinking. Is this a ploy to get to figure to get Darlene over here to figure out what oh her next God. step is? Yeah. yeah, I mean, I thought about it, and then I threw that thought away. But now the next total sense, you know, because you know, I'm Forrest for the trees person. Well, I mean, no, it's just like he you would know, play it as Elliot, we, yeah, because we don't like you just said we don't know who we're looking at, and they're became they're becoming it's becoming harder to distinct distinguish the two of them. Absolutely. Well, okay, and so going to that point, if Elliot can do his robot impression. Wouldn't it stand a reason that robot could do his Elliot impression? Exactly. Right. So he was like, why don't you stay at my house tonight? Yeah, before you leave town, yo. Okay. That, okay, thank you for explaining that scene to me because that, that makes so much sense as a setup. That if I invite her to stay, will she use it as an opportunity? Oh, well, my fears are uh, now... Confirmed. She's she's in league, and probably with the FBI or whomever. Maybe he doesn't know. Maybe he does. He knows everything. But now he knows for sure because once she uses this device, by the way, this is how Cora Donna explained it. The the tech supervisor on the show, the guy who's over the hacks and stuff with the hack team, is that you know this this device allows you to uh, see someone's screen. Well, instead of removing it when Elliot discovers it, and I think Darlene would know that he would find it. Anyway, that's in a whole other Oprah, a whole other layer to the onion. He leaves it in place, and he creates this fake email address, and then he embeds this link. So when uh, Norm, Dom's partner at the safe house, clicks on it, it infects his computer with Elliot's malware and gives up their location so that Elliot can then track himself to the safe house. Yeah, it's weird. It's like I don't I just I didn't see Darlene as being this dumb to do something or like that. Or I don't well she's not. She's very she, Yeah, she knows so that she I think in plain sight they're demanding you give me something. You give me something, you give me something, you give me something. 
And she goes, okay, here you go. Let me pull off this hack for you. And to people who are like, Dom is not a hacker. She's just a good FBI agent who knows how to track things down. And she has a general understanding of what goes on with hacking. But she's not a hacker. So here's Darlene going, okay, let me give you some shit. And they go, good job. And she's like, great. You know he's going to find that. She knows he's going to find that. Yeah. So what's he going to do with it? Maybe, you know, they know that that house is bugged too. And this is on both of their parts a charade. But no, but but again, there must have been a conversation though. Because the last time Darlene sees, you know, Elliot, he's robot and he's shoving her around. Like he's really in her face. And she's running away like, get your fucking hands off me, psycho. So I don't know. Well, I mean, I know they're not on the same page. Yeah. I know that right now, Darlene and Elliot are having the conversations that we're seeing. I don't think there's any off-screen conversations, but I agree with you that I can see Robot pretending to be Elliot to have this moment, and then I can see Darlene going, "Okay, I get it. I got to do something. I've got pressure on me. She doesn't got to deliver." Yeah. She doesn't even know about stage two. I mean, she's like completely in the dark on a lot of stuff. And denies to, emphatically denies to uh, Santiago and Dom that there's no way that Elliot has been working with Tyrell. What the the fuck are you talking about? And then they play the phone call where uh, Tyrell calls Elliot. No, Elliot calls Tyrell from prison at Queensboro. And he's like, Barnsoir, Elliot. And she's sitting here on the couch going, are you fucking shitting me? She's got me? that same what the fuck look as she did when she went in front of the, um, the, the whiteboard yeah, over there. Yeah, she's like, are you got to – and then on top of that, a new F Society video comes out. And she's like, I, what the fuck? Like she totally is in the dark. And she's sitting here trapped completely between all these sides. And she's like, I don't – and also, is that Tyrell making the F Society video? Is that Rogue? Is that just some random person? It doesn't feel, it definitely feel, doesn't feel like Elliot or Robot. It definitely feels like it's probably a, a Tyrell or something. I don't know. Maybe it's Irving for, for fucking sake because the over gesturing and stuff that they do. I, I would see Irving strapping on the mask and doing his part to perpetuate this. Um, because as we find out, stage two has a whole other layer to it, but we'll. We're heading that way. So we got Elliot in deep shit, right? Elliot, you know, El- Darlene is in deep shit. Elliot is spiraling. The Dark Army is all over her. The FBI is all over her. Um, And then she's like, this F Society, what is this video? She doesn't know. So I don't know where... She's going to land up, but right now, I think it's going to be a lot worse for Darlene before it gets better. And I'm really feeling bad for her right now. Do you know who I I kind of feel like is I feel like a mixture of Dom and and her partner, the other guy. Not the, not the, um, the guy who, who, um, is sitting, who she gets lunch for, but her boss. Uh Because when they're sitting there talking, even at, you know, at the morgue scene and then I think another scene where the, where um, she's like, I don't, I believe this is at the Mark scene. I don't believe this is Dark Army. And then he says, Well, isn't it possible that Dark Army has moved on from Darlene? And it's like there are aspects of what they believe in are both true, but right. then they're both wrong. And it's like they're totally confused. <laughs> it's us having a discussion about yeah. the show. Oh, she's not a flight risk, but then she says, I'm leaving. No, down. she's good, but Dom is so confident. No, I know that yeah. she's. 
she's good. Um, and maybe that's the story she was going to tell um, Elliot to manipulate him into doing something. We won't know until we know. Speaking of morgues, let's back up and, and explain why we're at the morgue. In this why we took the field trip to the morgue. Episode. I hate it when we take the field trip to the morgue. The morgue again. It's so smelly. Um, so, big shocker. Uh, of this episode, there was rumor on the street before the season started uh, that because Stephanie Corneliuson had been seen um, hanging out and doing other things while the the bulk of the season was being shot, that she was no more. And turns out, um, guys, that is true. So what happened? So we knew from season two that Joanna was setting up Scott Knowles to be the fall guy for his wife's murder to get that at least off of Tyrell's back. I mean, he still had the five, nine hack that he's carrying around as the most wanted man in the world, but at least she could get the murder charge lifted, right? That'll help. And maybe she can use this Elliot kid and, you know, she was going to do her best. And here's a person who is a super plotter. And I really thought that Joanna had a huge, um, job ahead of her in seasons three and possibly four of this show because she's such a dynamic huge, forceful character. I mean, she intimidates Mr. Robot. So I was really, this sort of jarred me. So she's setting up um, Scott Knowles. She's successful. She talks her, her dumb boyfriend, Top Gun guy, bartender friend, um, into into lying after she goads um, Knowles into beating her up. And she, she manipulates that whole thing to where the charges do get dropped. And the murder is pinned on Scott Knowles. And this poor bastard Derek, um, you know, is, is trolling after her in Sutherland in his Prius. And he's just, he's gutted. He's been used to the fullest. Yeah, so so when, when she gets beat and she tells her, him the plan mm-hmm. to the point where we see uh, her on that talk show... The Let's Be Frank. The Frank Cody, yeah. Frank uh, show. Cody, and then them driving off. It's six weeks has gone by. Right, so she's on f- since what? Since since they hatched the plan where she tells him, you're going to go to the right. cops. And then the whole thing. So she hasn't seen him in six weeks. No, no. Well. She hasn't seen Derek in six weeks. No, 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 no. It, uh, she pro- I don't know if she has or not. The way right. I'm saying is that it's just all this time goes by. Mm-hmm. Between um, them hatching the plan and then him finding out that, or well, she went on to, you know, a national television and said she still loves Tyrell. I just like the only reason why I bring it up is because I'm trying to put together a timeline in my brain of all these things going on. Well, I think that well, and to add to that though, I think it, he wouldn't have seen her in a set of weeks, uh, and so like the whole promise of us being together, like she's like she uses him, he tells the story, gets cleared, it all gets blah blah blah, and then she cuts him off, she ghosts him, whatever, and then he sees her on Frank Cody, and he's like, what the actual fuck, you know? And that could be why that mm-hmm. that rage of oh, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, I swear, you know, you don't just shoot anybody to rock sets, you know. Listen to your heart, Derek. Listened to his heart, and he killed. Listen to your heart. He murdered. He shot. He guys, he listened to his heart and shot her in the head. That's what happened. So we totally under, like Sutherland, even who's been doing this for a long time. He underestimates like just how gutted this guy feels and how deeply he felt because he is madly in love with Joanna, and she overplays her hand, and that 
he shoots Sutherland. And you're thinking, did he shoot him in the head? Because he kind of slumped over. And then Joanna's going for Sutherland's gun. And when she gets shot in the head, I'm like, the angle told me, like, is there, something, is there another shooter on the other side of the car? But I guess she was leaning forward and he shot her. I don't know. Well, it was like she – he goes to the, the passenger side, right? Shoots through the door. He yeah. kind of slumps over. Right. She reaches around from the back, gets her gun – gets his gun. Right. And he had come to the front of the, of the you know, the, the, the car to be able to get that shot off. I mean, I just was like, wow, that was a nice shot, dude. I mean – Yeah. Who, you're see, a bartender. If she, well, we don't know that that's all he does. We don't know his hobbies. I mean, this is the thing about Joanna. Maybe you should have like done a little background check on Derek and see if he's really good at the gun range every Sunday because no, but that's not an amateur shot. It's not an amateur shot. Because an amateur but, would have shot seven, eight, nine, ten, twenty times. But we he yeah. shot Sutherland through a window. By the way, do you know how hard it is to shoot through tempered glass into a human being? You'd have to know caliber. You'd have to know a lot of stuff about guns. And then a headshot. Yeah, that's not lucky shots. It's that's a, yeah. Derek sitting around for. Six weeks. Six weeks. You know. Planning Listening something. to Roxette, watching Top Gun, and, you know, crying when Goose comes on screen or whatever goes on in that movie. I haven't seen it in a long time. And then shows up and, like, pulls this off. No. So this was, this was, I think he was going to finish her off. Um, or, you know, do, he was going to make sure that no one in that car was alive. Maybe not even the baby. I don't know how far he was going to go. And then Sutherland manages to squeeze one off. And he lives through it, Sutherland. But, you know, Derek and Joanna are no more. Now you're thinking, just for a second, okay, I know it's a headshot. There's blood on the baby. That's pretty brutal. Is she in a coma? And, you know, you I don't think this way, but I know, like, people are like, is she really did? Literally cut to a bone saw going through, you know, the brain. Um, and I'd seen autopsies before, and I was like, man, this is really realistic. This is, they've gotten this nailed. And then they cut to the overhead shot of her. Basically, her face is flapped down, you know, over her forehead. And you're like, oh, they're making sure that you know that Joanna is dead with her cubic zirconia earrings on. That that was, you know, that was a what the fuck. I did not expect that one. I mean, that was truly one of those um, things that just come out. And like, I did not think that they were going to do that. And, you know, I... I'm not one of these people that loses their shit when a character dies on television. I know it's fiction, but just we always want it to be for a good reason. And Ismail's reasoning for this one seems to be, or or is, it's not seems to be, he said it, is that you know he didn't want Tyrell to get away scot-free with killing Sharon Knowles. And here's Joanna has done this thing. She's played with the fates, and she's manipulated um, you know, Scott as well as Derek, the bartender, into this position where that's exactly what's going to happen. That Tyrell's come up and says that he gets off the hook. So they gave him this, they gave this instant karma to him that he would lose Joanna and Santiago nails home the car, the karma by saying, you know, we're going to put this kid in foster care. We're not notifying any next of kin. Fuck that. And Dom's like, Whoa, dude, that's pretty cold. He's like, don't get soft. Don't get soft now. This is the most wanted man right. in the country right so now. So fuck his kid. Got to be hard to be Tyrell and Joanna Wellick's kid, man. I hope you grow up and change your name. Anyway, so um, become a hacker. Now, um, so that was just sort of like this. And I think that I will feel differently about this death when, when, once the entire season is over. Right now, 
I'm feeling not like it was a mistake, but it, it just doesn't feel completely justified or right to me. You know what I mean? Do it if you need to do it. But I don't know. I felt like there was so much more that Corneliuson could have offered. I think now this is one thing we should note. I think she's listed. Let's check on this before I make myself a liar. Last time I checked, it's been a, m- a couple months ago when this rumor that she was dead um, comes up. She's literally in, yeah, she's in nine episodes of Mr. Robot. Okay. So the only in thing, 2017 season three. The only thing I can think of is are, are flashback scenes of those six months that I was saying earlier. The like, six weeks, the six or, weeks, or some What's other time on? period. Yeah, and so I'm I'm thinking that's not the end of Stephanie Corneliuson on the show. I think that they're just going, she did, right? But it's going to be like, our this is us. You know, we get to see Jack. We know we know Jack, Daddy Jack is dead, but we're going to watch you know him in the show for like five years. You know, we thought Will was dead, too, but he, he keeps coming back. Ron Cephas Jones is still on the show. So um, just knowing that, you know, if you look this up, she's in, she's up until, she's not in the finale, but she's in, uh, yeah, she's an undo legacy, uh, several. Well, isn't it weird that they would they would do that with her character? We know Romero is dead, um, but we don't know about Trenton and Mobley, and they're not on any of the listings on yeah, for the rest of the season. Yeah, they're not listed in 2017. I don't know that they would kill those guys off screen, um, and that might be the big surprise is that you, you just you don't, you go to D- IMDb and go, don't blow our cover. This kind of blows things. You know, you never know. There's so many ways of safeguarding things. I would love for it to be a surprise that Mobley and Trenton live through it, or if they do get uh, murderized. Give him an on-screen death, for God's sakes. You know, even the the white supremacist guy's butt got a close-up because it got stabbed. Um, okay, let's run down a list of things. Like, this is a big deal. So White Rose is... Um, oh, then we have that whole thing, too. So we're yeah. at the G20 in Turkey. This is 2015 at the G20, the IFF uh, conference, and this is the big uh, moment where Price is up there uh, from the lectern browbeating White Rose over the fact that, you know, 19 out of 20 company countries have signed the Ecoin Accord, making it literally the money of the world. And he's like, China, though, has not. And basically called China a bunch of heifers and motherfuckers for not signing it. And White Rose is out there practically rolling her neck in the audience like, uh-huh. And, um... They these, bust in the party. These two... Because, you know, China's all about with Bitcoin, right? So these two are about to lock horns. And so you have White Rose on her way out um, having a little quick private meeting with Price. And that was that was a big – that was a bigger clash than we'd seen before. We had seen the meeting with the umbrellas in the rain and, like, don't you threaten me and la, 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 and Price going, I would rather ruin and ruin, uh, lose myself. So – we had this strange interchange. Not, well, it's not strange. It's typical for White Rose where she's like, I want my UN vote. We need the Congo because apparently there's a mine there where they want to move the Washington Township flux capacitor, um, time traveling, TARDIS, portal gun, whatever they're making, 
quantum computer, they need um, energy, right? So a mind would be an even bigger source of power, perhaps, and also a blind eye to regulations. So you don't have anybody coming in. No one's going to go into the Congo. Nobody gives a shit about the Congo is what they're saying. We can just go and do our our project in the darkness, and that's where we're going to go. So we need the UN vote to let us annex the Congo so it's ours. So the African government, nobody can come in and, like, get in on that shit, right? That's her big piece of moving forward on her project, right? And Bryce is over here going, you need to let me have my e-coin money, and then you'll get it. And then White Rose turns around and says, hey, by the way, there's something I haven't told you. Um, Met your pet employee, old big eyes over there, which I almost put some bullets through, but she's so mesmerizing and hypnotizing, doesn't she make a wonderful companion? And Price's face just drops. Now, here's the most powerful man yeah. in the world who's what? Sprung on Angela? I mean, I don't get that at all. Uh, yeah. We're going to find out, but right now, I don't get it. I do not get what's going on between those two. Uh, uh, yeah. What's her importance? Because the last time we see Price and Angela, literally, he sends her to where she wants to go and then tells her boss, do, do whatever you want with her. Right. Like, kick to the curb. Are they sort of like the... Higher brow, Cisco and Darlene. Is this what they do? <laughs> oh, he's going to do whatever you want to with me, and then like. I don't think it's a guy. romantic thing. That's an, you don't. I, there's there's something with Angela that I don't know what don't Bryce know. has, and then you know, know. White Rose has just been bitten by the same bug because now Angela's her project. Yeah, I mean, I would like for it to be something bigger than just. I, I mean, no offense against uh, the character or Portia or anything, but I don't know. Well, I mean, I'm I'm looking forward to a big reveal with that. But it's like, here's the most powerful man in the room, and Zhang threatens him with, I could, I, you know, I could hurt your girl. And that seems to get him. I, okay, so I guess I'm waiting on that. But we do get out of that. What I got out of that is, oh, we need a mine. And we need a blind eye, and we need free time. I mean, we need to be left alone to finish this project. Let's get it out of New Jersey, get it out from under regulation, get it away from prying eyes, and let's just get the fuck up out of here, right? Uh, they probably need landmass space. Who knows? So that's what I loved about that. And then later on we see um, White Rose, who is mad. She tells her lover assistant, she says, lover assistant, I need you to pull off stage two on the day of the UN vote, whether it goes our way or not. And he's like, whoa, 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 wait. Why are we doing that? She goes, because we were only going to do stage two in case they said no. And she's like, no, no, no. Philip Preston made me mad, and now he needs his hand slapped. So kapow. So that means there's going to be a lot of pressure for that hack to get done. And we have 11 days between that conversation and when stage two is supposed to happen. Exactly. So in 11 days, we're going to see all kinds of shit kind of implode explode but here's okay you just said explode going back to that video Mm -hmm. they said you're gonna hear and they do the explosion time is ticking it's all about that bomb that that set up at the thing yes so i i think that really is f society i think or or you know whatever is left of f society whatever the new members yeah 
something's happening and there. And then Dom doesn't think it's F Society, so she's wrong on that. I think there are new players in F Society. It could be that maybe it's the return of Mobley and Trenton, who is, have gotten a visit from Leon, who said, Hey, guys. We have a highly unreliable boss chief guy, but we knew we do need a pit crew. Maybe y'all can come over here and help us like blow up some shit or you can die in Arizona. Same diff. Now, what is the um what is the difference between Trenton's fix and uh Elliot's fix? Cuz she know. said we can turn the whole thing, but then he goes the corrupted data, I could never get that back, but I could right. do this. Well, she's just, just something about looking at the keys. And Trenton, as we know, is probably approaching on par, if not on par to a certain degree with Elliot's intelligence. And she doesn't have a dissociative identity disorder. Um, she's just a sane, sane hacker. She's a sane black hat hacker. And she's like, she's, as, as Robot says, you know, she's that one right there, man. She's badass. Yeah. And she's quick and she's smart Watch and she's, out for her. she's single focus. So I would please don't kill these characters off screen. First of all, we love them and I think they have a part to play in this. So I found that very interesting. Um, what's coming with F Society. You know what seems strange? The reunion with Flipper. Uh, we talked about it a little bit before. Lenny brings the dog back around. I don't get this. Um, it's Mel saying that it's to give Elliot another layer of empathy. I don't know that we needed that. Now he's saddled with a pet again, and Shayla's dead. Yeah. Um, there's nobody else in the building, as we know. I don't think Darlene's going to come and take the dog out. No. Um, and we have, we have no idea what Elliot's doing. I mean, if he could be here with Flipper, go to bed, and then all of a sudden, I mean, wake up as... Flipper could be on the Wonder Wheel. You know? Just going round and round all day. Someone else is going to steal Flipper. Right. He's shittiest dog owner ever. Or, I have a theory. I think uh, Flipper is either deep cover FBI or Flipper is Dark Army. Yeah. He's got a camera. Yeah. Placed in his butt. Yeah, she's got a camera on her butt. And she just turns around and... That's why she's shitting over all over what's-his-name's house. Yeah, trying she, to get it she, out. Clicking the camera, you know, makes her go boom. She took enough pictures of Lenny's apartment. Now she's over at Elliot's. Um, speaking of which, well, how do you spend your birthday? Well, apparently Elliot spends his birthday becoming Mr. Robot, uh, hitting on his therapist, and roughing, uh, roughing up his sister. Worst birthday ever. Uh, we also learned that hookers will suck your dick for QR codes, baby. Uh, the hookers are out there. The hookers are on it. The New York hookers, they got it on lock. They're like, you don't have any cash? No problem. I'll take some e-coin. You know, if you're from out of town, I'll take some Bitcoin. It's got to be spendable somewhere. Um, so I have a question about this whole hack in general, not to be that person. So if Dark Army is backed by the Chinese government, you know, and has all this power, you know, you've got Jang in the whole nine. Why can't they just blow up all the facilities? 71 facilities catching on fire? So what? Like, you traceable how? Everybody in the FBI would know that that's Dark Army. But if you covered your tracks, why don't they just do 71 hits and then blow up the truck's in route? Yeah. Why does it have to be in one building? I just have a problem with the basic hack overall because I still think that you – there's so much incompetence. But then it's not – then it's not – it's not just a currency war. That is like they have declared 
war. Yeah, and that's the only say, only way I would say that they would say that this would be China declaring a war on the United States in some fashion and probably fuck things up. Another side note um, about music cues, there's a little inside joke in the show. Norm, um, this is Dom's partner who's at the safe house, he said, hey, did, I got some clear audio of inside his apartment today, and, and, and Dom goes, play it for me, and he plays one week by Bare Naked Ladies. This comes out of the fact that Cora Donna um, uses it to troll everyone uh, on set and in the writer's room. He'll go, did you hear what Trump said today? And then he'll play oh. this song. And it's become like an inside gag. So they had well, to I mean, um, put it on the show. That goes back to what we were saying earlier is that that now when, when he said that, I was like, okay, now we know that that apartment is bugged. Right. And going back to my ideas, like, well, maybe is Darlene and, and uh, Mr. Robot planning this charade? It could be that that whole thing was an, uh, it was an act. You know? Um, if you want to go with your, uh, with your theory, and I, I think it's a thing of beauty, it's something Sam Esmail would do, is that he shows up as Elliot on the pier. They have a conversation. He invites her back home. We don't see the train ride between Coney Island and his house. And he's like, hey, when we get in there... You know, get some rest, but tomorrow morning you're going to do this thing, and then I'm going to react and be crazy town. Because she's already she's already ditched her tail before. Absolutely, and she knows how to ditch a tail, and she's but she's she, onto it. She doesn't know. I think the only person who knows how to tell if it's Elliot or Mr. Robot is Angela. I don't know that that's true. Well, he says it to her. He's like, you're the only one who knows. Yeah, but I don't know if he's necessarily good about getting information from. But but I get you. Like he says, hey, I'm going to be this guy. And they and that whole thing that they did between the two of them was staged. Maybe I don't know. Sometimes we'd read so deeply into these things. Sam you dream about it that night, trying to figure it yeah. out. That's what All happened I did to last, me last night. All I did was dream about Robot too. I think, but so we. But it was funny. Like Sam Ismail's probably sitting at home sometime, going, "I never thought about that." Uh, Reddit's going crazy. There's all kinds of uh, theories. There were some embeds that happened on screen that you can go to. I'll probably read those later. I don't later's later's. Um, I don't like to go and read a bunch of Reddit and a bunch of stuff before we do our podcast because one of the things that bugs me um, about how people use Reddit is journalists are so lazy and content providers are so lazy. Um, they want you to go there and just mind what those people say. And that, I think, is cheating. Even if my ideas are boneheaded and stupid and wrong. They're still your ideas. Exactly. So I kind of have a, a little bit of a problem with people who go in and just um, mine Reddit for their content. I mean, do it if you want to, man. I just think, you know. It's America. It's a free world or a free country. Do whatever the fuck you want to. But maybe, I don't think for yourself. Um, I want to talk about, what did we miss? Is there anything in this episode? We talked about a lot of stuff. Uh, we'll probably find out some significant things about, was he pushed? Did he fall out oh. the window? What else? If you have nothing else, do you have anything else? I have nothing else. Okay, so that very last scene where mm-hmm. he sends the um, the email and and his what's his name who plays the song? Um, Norm. Norm. Yeah. Um, opens up the email, goes to the link. Puts a tracker essentially on his computer. Ex- exactly. And then she finds out. You know, um, that the thing was from there. So, um, Elliot finds out their location, Mm -hmm. goes, finds the safe house. Darlene's not there. They don't know where Darlene is. And it cuts at that thing. What what do you think happens next? I mean. I. Because I think, well, because 
I was like, he's just downstairs. Why don't they just go down and nab him? For what? Well, I don't know. They're just... I mean, if you're pulling the python approach, yeah, you're I not going to go true. down and do like the garter snake approach. You know? <laughs> you know? You're not going to just karate the chop him in the throat. garter snake is the most impatient predator <laughs> known to man. Exactly. You're not going to go and get like... Um, that's probably not the most impatient uh, bird known to man, you know. You're, but you're not going to go down there and just uh, you're you're. This is the long yeah. haul. You don't get safe houses so you can go downstairs and grab him for B and E. I wonder what Elliot's or Mister Robot's doing down there. I really wanted. Yeah. Do you know what I really wanted to see? Yeah, is close it, it is it was, Elliot or Mister Robot? Because Dom does not know the difference. Yeah. Dom is the last person to the party. She does not know he has the split. Yeah, that's true. They have no idea. Of, she of has Mr. no. Robot. She's like, I don't know why he's working at Ecorian. He does some wacky shit sometimes. It's like she has no fucking clue. But if they're looking at him, wouldn't they know that he's going? Well, maybe the therapy is only anger management. They wouldn't know that it's deeper than that. They wouldn't know that he has a dissociative disorder. No. You also can't reveal those details. You know, but I, they I, know he's in therapy. They'd I, have to know he's in therapy. That maybe he was court-ordered yeah. to go for anger management? Yeah. Sure. Yeah. But would you get covered in there? They can't know that. They can, and everybody takes Zoloft for whatever, like it's Tuesday. So I don't. there's a lot of stuff that Dom doesn't know. And like I said, I, I, I predict in this... Uh, season that she's going to be so close every single time, be the smartest FBI agent in the room, and still not be able to nail Dark Army or Elliot or F Society. And it's going to be very frustrating for her. And I see her at the end of that going, well, well, and having a cocktail and saying, fuck it. But I think you're right. I think we're about to see her seeing Elliot be Mr. Robot in Darlene's apartment. Yeah. What he will do, I have no idea. I know that he used the Comet electric truck to do something. It wasn't a coincidence. I think he's done something there. Maybe that's the way, a device, the way he used it to track. I don't know. But um, I know that in the season, uh, the, the next episode preview, we see a bearded Terrell chopping wood out in the wilderness, running, sweating. Being yeah. crazy, even yeah, even watching shot of those... Irving, shot of people. I mean, so it's a lot of cool stuff yeah. coming. But I think Terrell, we're going to get to see his uh, mountain man breakdown, his foggy mountain breakdown. He cried before y'all. He's a fin to cry a whole lot more when he finds out that his son is orphaned. But we know he is very much obsessed with Elliot. He where is you know where is that in his head? What's going on with him there? Yeah. It's so interesting. No, it's exciting. I really, I mean, I think it's. I think every episode is going to hit us like, what? I'm in, I'm enjoying it. I am too. I I like that. I have no fucking idea. Yeah. There's no way to sit here and really, truly guess ahead. And if, if we could, I don't think we'd be watching this show still. Yeah. If this was like, you know, on some other network where we know what's going on. Um, I think I've covered all the points that I know about. There's a million other things going on in this episode that I'm sure we missed over. There's uh, all kinds of Easter eggs and stuff. We're not an Easter egg show. We're not a recap show. But it's cool to to go in each time and, and see what everybody has to say about that. I do know that Stephanie Corneliuson, when she found out that her character was going to die, was super upset and super pissed. And I don't blame her. Um, 
And then, you know, and she's just, she's a good sport. She's a really funny, intelligent, wonderful person. So she uh, uh, embraced it and ran with it. Um, and she's such a presence. And I like her, I like her chemistry between her and um, Elliot. I like to see them together. I think they work really well together. I liked her and Martin together as well. So hopefully we do have some flashbacks. Hopefully we do have some moments with her because I'm not ready to say goodbye to her so abruptly. Yeah, that was... Yeah, let's not deadwood her, yeah. guys. Let's not just, dope, we're, we're done, you know. And it looks like from IMDb that that is, uh, we're going to get that. So we be, we'll be back uh, next week. I know. It's like that episode went by so fast. It did. I was like, shit, man, we got to wait another fucking seven days? I know. It makes me crazy. But even if we got all of the episodes ahead of time, we wouldn't be able to even really talk about them. We wouldn't be Well, we could do all the podcasts and just wait for, you know. Then we'd have to wait for, yeah. Then we could share it with everybody else. But then, like, here's what the problem with knowing. I've gotten things in advance before. And you get stuff in advance and you have to walk around and it really, it just sucks. You'd rather just not know because you can't have a casual conversation about that particular subject at all. You're like, oh, fuck. I know exactly what's going to happen. It's like when season um, seven of uh, Game of Thrones was spoiled for me. And um, I, I just didn't know what I was reading until I got to Dragon Becomes Reanimated as a Nice Dragon. I was like, what the fuck? Yeah. Somebody rosebudded me, motherfuckers. But uh, I'm trying, and I don't even, like on Wednesday, starting around 5 o'clock, I don't go near Twitter or Facebook or anything because we don't have the option on the West Coast of seeing uh, seeing it. Like on HBO, 602, you can go over to HBO Go and you can see uh, the East Coast feed. Not so here. We literally have to wait till 10 fucking o'clock. Mm-hmm. Which USA should fucking fix that, man? Yeah. And I even buy it as well on Amazon. Yeah, you bought everything, and you have to, and you have to wait till the next day for it to post. The next fucking day, it's like, okay, can you not release it at eleven? Just like 11-02. No, there's absolutely no point in buying it, right? Eleven oh two. Well, the point, the reason that we buy it's in high def, and there's no commercials. Uh, I don't want to see the Chevrolet commercial in between that thing or whatever it is. Please sponsor Chevrolet. Um, yeah, we'll be back. It's going to be fun. Can't wait to talk about it some more. I hope you guys uh, enjoyed it yourselves. If you have any comments, you can come into our Facebook page, Ashlyn uh, Podcast on Facebook. It's either Ashlyn or Ashlyn Podcast. I really am the worst at plugging this kind of stuff. And then we're Ashlyn um, or Ashlyn Podcast on Twitter. People are finding us just fine, though. We're getting lots of downloads. Thank you guys for listening to us. You can also listen to us directly on Libsyn from the Facebook page if you don't want to fuck with it on iTunes or Stitcher. Um, yeah, a lot of people are coming to the party, like coming to the four and telling us uh, what they think. We appreciate that. Everybody's being super cool and non-douchey, so I like that about it too. So uh, keep weighing in, and uh, yeah, tell us your thoughts. I want to correct my. I did some really shitty plugs last time for the podcast I was listening to, um, and the one I want to replug is Mogul: The Life and Death of Chris Lighty. It is amazing on uh, on iTunes. Uh, listen to it, a podcast that is sort of covering uh, not just. Chris Lighty and what he did in the world of hip hop, uh, but all the players surrounding him and all the other groups that were there from the very beginning. And I, I tend to watch a lot of these things and uh, love to see the origins, especially of hip hop. Um, it's just, a, it's a fucking phenomenon. 
And we are learning about all the aspects of it. So Mogul, The Life and Death of Chris Lighty. Also one that I just uh, hip to yesterday. It's been around for a little while, but it's called Ear Hustle. Uh, and it's created um, uh, by a one of the inmates uh, out of San Quentin. And it features the inmates at San Quentin. It's also uh, co-produced and, and co-hosted uh, with a non-prisoner, uh, Nija. So they go through the stories that are there. And it's, you know what I love about it? It's not this big, dramatic, overly done stuff. It's like real life. It's it's real life for these men that are there. And it's painful at times. It's excruciating at times. It's funny as fuck. Um, it really gets you thinking about three strikes. It gets you thinking about, you know, guys who... One guy, like, literally on his three strikes thing, he stole money. That's it. Never never carried a weapon. Never held a weapon. Can't shoot a gun. He's 5'6". He's just this... Nice guy who stole some money, regular dude, and he's serving life. And he's like 26 years in. And not to mention um, the inmates of color who literally nothing. One guy drove, the the host of the show drove a getaway car uh, for bank robbery, and he's in for life. So you get to find out, like, the privileges these guys have, the limitations that they're going to have for the rest of their lives. And uh, I got to tell you, Ear Hustle on um, iTunes. I also want to recommend, this is, it's from earlier in the year, and I discovered it very late. Uh, I discovered it last week. It's called Missing Richard Simmons. It's a six-part series. I couldn't stop listening to it. It's just so well done. I'm not going to say any much more about it. You just have to go trust me. And listen to Missing Richard Simmons. Please listen to that one. And if you have uh, podcast recommendations, please tell us about them. Walking Dead's coming up uh, this Sunday. Sunday. Yep. Season what? Eight premiere? Is this season eight? I think so. I think so. Yeah. Season eight, yeah. Maybe. I'll, look, everything's like on season seven and season eight and yeah. whatever. So it's kind of hard to really like, oh, okay, so that's, gonna, uh, that's coming back. We'll see where we are with the heapsters and the kingdom and um, the hilltop and all the players that we got to get our, our heads back into the, that world. Yeah. Where all of those guys are. What's happening with Negan and the saviors. Um, Eugene. Eugene. Yeah. That turncoat motherfucking son of a bitch. And uh, who's uh, who's going to get it this season? And, and where are we going to go with this war? Where is that taking us? I want to see Carol kill things, so I'm very excited. I want to see Daryl blow shit up, ride his motorcycle, so I'm here for that. Uh, I want to try to keep an open mind. I have to not make that show be like other shows. I know Mr. Robot can't be Game of Thrones. Game of Thrones can't be Walking Dead. Walking Dead can't be, you know what I mean? So I have to be, uh, not all shows are exactly cookie cutter, supposed to be the same way. So there we go. You have any recommendations? Any music you're listening to? Any old music that you're listening to again? Not no? really. No. You're, not, you're not into it. I gotta catch up on music. I need, I need a good recommendation of where do people get like their music? Are they listening to like what are they listening to? I'm. You know, I I don't even know what's going on in the you know. I feel so underground hip hop scene. I just right. I'm not listening to anything. I gotta get on it. I, I'm losing my ability to keep up with like I don't. I, I don't even know. 
I'll hear something and go, oh man, I, know, I recognize this at 80s, 90s, probably what, early aughts, I stopped really, truly taking in music and now I'm like fucking lost. So. Yeah, I'm bunk, I'm bumping uh, talk sports radio in the car whenever I'm driving. <laughs> right? so. I'm like, I my listen- CD player doesn't even work. Well, that's for true. Like mine's broke out. My, my, I listen to my iPhone sitting in the cup holder. With, like, no speaker, just it, over, like, the highway noise. And that's why I listen to a lot of podcasts, because if I'm trying to, like, take in music, I can't take in music that way. But I do need to catch up. So I need to go out and get some recommendations and and see, you know. It's got to be a combination of, like, Tidal, Pandora, iTunes, Radio. I don't know. I have no fucking clue what's out there. But I'll catch up. That's what I owe to myself. Um, so long to Joanna. I hope you had a uh, a quick death. As that brain went through your bullet, I'm sure she said something in Danish and that was um, a profanity. But uh, Godspeed to her. And may we see your ghost in future episodes. Uh, take care of yourself this week. Uh, be good to yourself. Get a lot of rest. Don't overdo it. Be kind to yourself. And we will see you very soon. Unless it's our altars. And they may see you soon.